0: There's an old saying that goes, don't smoke, don't chew, and don't go with the girls that do. <laughs> Today's podcast, episode 161, I want to talk about Christianity in relationship to the thou shalt love versus the thou shalt not. Because when you think about it, a lot of Christian ethics and teachings ultimately boils down to most people to a sense of, these are the list of the things you cannot do. You shouldn't smoke or chew or go with the girls that do. Don't have premarital sex. Don't have gay sex. Don't drink. Don't smoke. Don't cuss. uh, Don't steal. Don't cheat on your wife. uh, Don't look at pornography. um, Don't have anything that resembles fun. (laughs) And that's, that's essentially what a lot of people think, not only within the church, but especially outside the church, of that Christianity is just this great religion with all sorts of rules about the things you can't do, and that Jesus and the Bible and God and all that stuff is just ultimately this great killjoy. It's, it's, a, it's a list of rules for people who can't control themselves, um, and then the commandments and the rules and regulations they try to commit to in order to control themselves, they ultimately fail, and then they're just a bunch of hypocrites and blah, blah, blah. And that's the very real sense of which a lot of people think about Jesus and the Bible and Christianity. Um, I know especially coming from the Pentecostal sort of holiness, old school tradition of which I cut my teeth on um, in regard to my faith. I I came from a tradition in which I went to a church in which there was, you know, a number of people who kind of observed these old-fashioned rules. Um, Women were... Uh, expected to be very modest in their adornment. So um, they couldn't wear jeans lest they cause their brother to lust after their bodies. So they had to wear dresses and skirts, Uh, but they had to be of a certain length at least. And depending on what church you went to, that length was different. Same thing with hair, Uh, same thing with jewelry. There, There was all sorts of rules and interpretations of the things you couldn't wear as a result of being a woman. And this also applied to men, too. So I don't think we're just sitting here hating on women, or that was what the tradition uh, was about. It wasn't just hating on women in the patriarchy, sticking it to women. Um, in fact, I think if you were to be honest, uh, a lot of those rules about what women couldn't wear, those rules were enforced largely by women. <laughs> you know, people will say it's the patriarchy that, you know, caused people to uh, observe those holiness codes. But... While there were certainly some of that, I would say the vast majority of it came from the influence of other women putting uh, certain restrictions on what other women could not wear and what other women could not do. Uh, But men also had strict rules about not being able to play poker, cards. uh, You know, sometimes wearing a necktie could be considered a sin. Um, I even was part of a church that it was questionable whether you were even allowed to wear a wedding band as a man. Um, And I knew people in my congregation who did not wear wedding bands as a result of convictions about what it was appropriate um, for people to wear. But so as a result of stuff like this, people get lost in all these codes and they sit there and think, oh man, Christianity is this impossible rule book keeping sort of thing. It's all about the rules and the regulations. And they say stuff, it's about a relationship with Jesus but the relationship with Jesus looks like you know, the U.S. tax code and trying to observe it. It's this impossible set of rules and contradictory uh, mindsets and beliefs and philosophies about what you can and cannot do, um, and it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, and uh, so a lot of people kind of resent Christianity as a result because it just sounds like Jesus and your preacher are out to rob you of all the things that you would consider possibly fun in life, um, and that Jesus is just one giant killjoy. But I think this is a mistake, and I think this is a mistake not only in how Christianity is perceived by those on the outside, but even those within the inside and the things that we actually teach within the church um, and the, the way we present the doctrines and ethical implications of what we believe as Christians. And I believe that's because we ultimately start with with a wrong mindset. Um, we start with a, look for, a lookout for all the rules and regulations, the thou shalt not, because we don't want to do anything that would offend a holy God and cause us to sin and stumble and cause other people to sin and stumble and, and all that sort of stuff. Instead, we we approach, need to approach it from a different place, I believe. Um, instead of it being this kind of negative connotation of the thou shalt not, I believe Christianity and the ethics of Jesus and the teachings of the gospel start with a thou shalt uh, if I can borrow some King James language today, even though I read from a nasby a new American standard Bible, <laughs> you know I think the the emphasis and the 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 oomph of uh, the King James language sometimes really conveys a, a heavy sense of of how we take these things um, and so we sit there and, and think of God as this killjoy, this legalistic monster who's gonna you know be worried about whether a woman is showing her shoulders uh, at the beach. <laughs> You know, um instead of starting with the the primary teachings of Jesus. And I think if we were to make the main thing the main thing, as as some people like to say, you know, a lot of these sort of practical questions that we have concerning some issues that just don't end up becoming legalisms, I believe those issues would ultimately fall away. And I think not only would they fall away, but I think we might actually have be able to give uh, a better witness to the gospel and the ethical implications of Jesus to make the Lord appear more beautiful uh, to the outside world. Because the way we present the gospel and Jesus and the ethical teachings of Jesus make Jesus seem like such a killjoy and a prude. Um, and it's then we wonder why nobody's attracted to Jesus when we need to be presenting Jesus in such a way, like the psalmist said, taste and see that the Lord is good. We want our Jesus to be beautiful in the eyes of those who behold him so that people are actually attracted to Jesus and not in some sort of manipulative way or some sort of false representation of Jesus in some sort of carnal sense but in a way that indeed would entice somebody to see that the Lord is indeed good and you will see that in the Gospels all throughout that when people decided to follow Jesus and decided to to dedicate their life to him and to be baptized and to to become a disciple, it's because they saw something captivating about the Lord. They saw something beautiful that they beheld in this man who walked around laying his hands on the sick, raising the dead, feeding the multitudes, and giving people teachings that just rocked their world. Um, If Jesus came just to emphasize the thou shalt nots, he would have sounded, had a voice indistinguishable from the Sadducees and Pharisees who had become experts at the thou shalt nots. Um, and had developed uh, more than the 1613 laws of Moses. Uh, they developed special traditions of ways of interpreting the laws of Moses that ultimately just created a massive system that ultimately caused itself to more or less collapse on it and go against the very aspect of the things that Moses himself was trying to emphasize because they didn't make the correct thing, the correct thing, the main thing, the main thing. They ended up missing it by a mile. And Jesus said they had become experts at this, that they would choke on a gnat, but be able to swallow something a lot bigger in the process. Um, so it's it's kind of weird that uh, they, they had this expertise, knowledge of it, and they got so caught up in the thou shalt nots that they didn't focus what I believe is the essence of Christianity and the teachings of the gospel and the teachings of Moses for that matter. And that's the thou shouts. So let's look at a couple passages of scripture here to kind of get an idea of where I'm going. Matthew chapter 22 verses 34 through 40 It says, when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question regarding Jesus and said, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And this is the great and foremost commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Upon these two commandments hang the whole law and all the prophets. So if you read the Old Testament, as many people do, and think, oh my gosh, this Old Testament law is some pretty burdensome stuff. This is some pretty heavy stuff. Like, it makes sometimes God sound like he's kind of the killjoy, if you can be honest, especially when you start getting into the weeds of Deuteronomy and Leviticus. You can sit there and think, man, this this is some pretty heavy stuff. And no doubt, at times, it is. But it only appears to be such, I believe, when we are operating from the the wrong emphasis of what we read when we're reading it, and that's what the Pharisees and Sadducees kept stumbling over, and it's what we stumble over, I believe, even to this day, um, especially in some of your more legalistic traditions uh, and and the church. The, The essence of Christianity doesn't boil down to the thou shalt nots. The essence of Christianity boils down to Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And the second commandment, which is like it, thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. Christianity is a religion of thou shalt, not thou shalt not. And the reason the emphasis is on the thou shalt love the Lord your God and thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself is because God was ultimately looking to instill his people with a sense of meaning, and he wanted them to flourish in the land flowing with milk and honey that he had given them. And you can't flourish in the land of milk and honey, and you can't flourish in life if you're constantly sitting there focusing on the thou shalt nots. Don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. The thou shalt nots are important. They ultimately serve as guideposts to let you know when you are no longer walking according to the ways of love, and when you have no longer been walking according to the ways of a beautiful life. But the emphasis ultimately is not on the thou shalt nots. The emphasis is not on the guidepost to let you know when you've gone too far off the trail, to let you know when you have transgressed God's commandments. The emphasis always begins with the thou shalt love. You shall love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Because when that is the emphasis of your religion, that's the emphasis of your faith, when that's the emphasis of the ethics that you wish to follow as a good and godly Christian, then the rest of it, at the end of the day, it ultimately takes care of itself. In Galatians 5, 19 through 23, the Apostle Paul wrote, Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are sexual immorality, impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, witchcraft, hostilities, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambi- ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But he continues, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things, there is no law. So if you make it your purpose as a Christian to walk in the Thou shouts, if you make it your person your, your purpose as, as, as a believer in Jesus to follow the, the fruit of the Spirit and to walk in the ways of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, if you do all those things, guess what? You can do them all day long because there is no such law against such things. There is no commandment saying you shall not love. You shall not be gentle. You shall not be faithful. You shall not practice self-control. The law starts with a thou shouts. Yes, yes, don't get me wrong. Like we just read in this passage. There's no law against the good stuff. (laughs) You know, Don't get me wrong, there's still commandments about sexual immorality and indecent behavior and idolatry and witchcraft and drunkenness and all those sort of things. The Bible says, you know, people who practice those things, they don't inherit the kingdom of God. But there's an alternative to the world that God wants us to have, the kingdom that he has brought us, the life that he wants us so that we can flourish. If you truly want to flourish and be fruitful and have a beautiful life, walk a life in keeping with the ways of love. And if you do that, there is no limit to what you can do as a Christian, so long as you focus on walking in the ways of love. And if you ultimately wish to be holy and the holiest person possible, then perfect yourself in the way of love. For there is nothing more holy than to be an individual overflowing with a love of God and your neighbor. Love is the holiest thing you can practice and be. For God in his essence is ultimately love. It says in Romans 13 verses 8 through 10, Owe nothing to anyone except love one another, for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. For this it is written, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, do not steal, do not covet. And if there is any other commandment, Paul says, it is summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, for love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Because if I'm working on focusing on loving God and loving my neighbor, then my neighbor doesn't have to worry about how I handle his wife. He doesn't have to worry about me stealing his goods. He doesn't have to wonder about my envious eye lusting after the things that he has. For I'm going to be walking in the ways of love, which is ultimately the ways of Jesus. And so long as I focus on walking on in the ways of love, then I'll never break a single commandment. For love is the fulfillment of the law. And Christianity is ultimately a religion that frees us to walk in the beautiful ways of love. And when we start to walk in the ways of love, that's when we discover purpose greater than ourselves and a way of living that is ultimately in keeping with the ways of God. Holiness codes where we worry about every little jot and tittle and where we worry about getting everything exactly right. If you are ever finding yourself in an ethical dilemma about what you need to do and whether your dress is long enough to be considered modest or whether it's lawful for a blind man to to be healed on the Sabbath just like Jesus would go around doing healing blind men on the Sabbath and the Pharisees had a problem with this. It ultimately resulted in them saying they had to kill Jesus. But if you're walking in the ways of love, you never sit there and even ask such questions about whether it is lawful to heal a blind man on the Sabbath. You never start to ask questions whether your dress is long enough to be approved in the eyes of God. It's the pharisaical spirit and mindset that Jesus ultimately made war against that concern themselves with such questions. For they were trying to swallow a camel while getting choked on a gnat. For people who walk in the ways of love, in the spirit of love, to live a beautiful life, a life of abundance, a life in the land flowing with milk and honey, they don't concern themselves with such things. For if you have the mind of Christ, if you're following the teachings of Jesus as you should and properly applied, then you don't need the guidepost about saying thou shalt not murder because if you're a lover in heart, there's no room for murder to dwell there. You don't need a commandment to tell you not to murder because guess what? You're not going to murder because you're an individual who's filled with the love of God and the love of neighbor. So if you wish to be perfect, if you wish to follow the teachings of Jesus, if you wish to understand the ethics of of Christ and the Gospels and the Sermon on the Mount and and everything that has to do with the Bible, don't get me wrong, there's a place for the thou shalt nots. They are helpful reminders about when we take things too far in our lives and need a little course correction. But simply look to fulfill the law by walking in the ways of love. And if you walk in the ways of love, you will keep all the commandments, even as Christ fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the law simply because he came here and he loved us. and He loved God. And he demonstrated it in every single thing that he did. And so should we. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, episode 161 of the Jimmy'sTable.com podcast. Thou shalt love versus thou shalt nots. Hope you've enjoyed this podcast. It's something I've had kind of on the burner for a while and, and I've not just been able to find the place to be able to articulate it. But finally today, you know, I jotted some notes down a while ago and it just, it came together. And, you know, I think this was a pretty good episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback. Email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com, or you can reach out to me through jimmystable.com and find links to Facebook and Twitter in which you can interact with me through Facebook and Twitter. If you've enjoyed this podcast and wish to continue to follow it and get notifications of when the next episode comes out comes out on a weekly basis, you can go to jimmystable.com slash subscribe and find your favorite way to subscribe, whether that's through email newsletter, or Apple, or Spotify, or all the different ways you can subscribe to this podcast. Um, If you haven't had your chance to leave a glowing five-star review about how much you love this show, then thou shalt love this show by going over to Apple and Spotify and leaving your glowing five-star review. (laughs) So, everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, Jimmy'sTable.com, where I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. Take care, everybody. God bless. Have a good one. That's all I have to say about that. That's the right on, man. You said it all.